apparently we can't have anything nice anymore anywhere. And that includes heated rivalries in sports. Drake May, he found that out the hard way this week. And to that, I say boo. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Thursday, September 22nd, 2022. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen or your first watch every single day. Please don't forget the show is free and available anywhere you get podcasts, so you can subscribe right now to make sure you don't miss a second of your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has more props, odds, and lines this season than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Okay, folks, so earlier this week, here's the deal Drake May was asked about Sam Howell in 2019 flipping from Florida State to UNC, and if that was any impetus for him in doing the same as an in state kid flipping his commitment from Alabama to North Carolina. Here's what he had to say. Yeah, 100%. I, mean, I didn't want to miss out in home state. Um, seeing Sam being a hometown kid, too. Um, you know, whether you, know, you, you want to admit it or not, growing up in Carolina, you're going to be a Carolina fan. Um, and, you know, some people may say state, but really people go to state just can't get in Carolina. So, uh, <laughs> at the end of the day, you know, playing for Carolina's a lot of people um, from North Carolina want to do. So, I didn't want to miss out on that. And obviously, family history and stuff. So it just seems in the context, you just heard it like kind of an innocuous quote, just kind of laughing the type of thing you say in a rivalry. But boy, oh boy, apparently people got all up in arms about it because, again, we can't have anything fun anymore, even rivalries. In fact, the same thing happened to Coach Courtney Banghart, the UNC women's basketball coach, earlier, uh, like a, a month or so ago from some comments she made on a podcast with uh, George the British Tar Heel about NC State. It was a little bit different. She didn't grow up in the rivalry. She's trying to uh, find her way in that, and that's awesome. I Like, whatever. Drake May is a teenager. He's still trying to figure out life and everything and what goes on. But just like Coach Banghart, Drake May was asked to apologize for what he said, and he did that on uh, like after the remarks had happened. And here's what he I made a remark today about NC State, and I want to apologize. I was answering a question about playing in state and said something I shouldn't have. I said it as a joke, but it was inappropriate. I feel bad and need to do a better job representing our program and the university. Now, listen, I get why he was asked to do this, but I hate it. I hate that he had to do this. Coach Brown on Wednesday said that May was just trying to be funny and, and enjoy things, but that Coach Brown reminded his quarterback to always be very respectful of everybody, especially your neighbors. And I get that, and I agree with it. I love my neighbors. They're all a little bit quirky. I'm a little bit quirky. My man Nick across the street rolls around mowing his lawn with his shirt off and a cigarette hanging out of his mouth, but he's a cool dude. Right? Like we've got the, my neighbors to the other side go all out for Halloween. It's the craziest Halloween display I've ever seen, spending probably tens of thousands on it. But I love them and I respect them, and it's cool uh, how what they do for Halloween. Respect your neighbors. I love it. 
but can we not have rivalries? This is what they're all about. So I get why Drake May was asked to apologize, but it's dumb. And I don't at all because Drake may, he gets it. He gets the, the essence of this rivalry and what it's supposed to be about this being asked to apologize. It's part of our, everyone gets a participation trophy culture that we live in these days. We, we don't all have to be equal and on even playing grounds. So this is what upsets me. I'm not upset at all about what Drake may said. I'm upset about the fact that he had to apologize for what he said about people who ultimately the, the crux of it, the reason everyone's so upset and that he had to apologize was for saying uh, people go to NC state just because they can't get into Carolina. So like, can we not have sports rivalries anymore? That's the kind of thing you say in a rivalry. It's clear, like go back and listen to it. It's clear that this isn't just something he made up on the spot. The way this rolled off of Drake May's tongue, it's obvious. Like, this is something that the May family said around their family dinner table. They, you know, just having a good laugh or ribbing back and forth with their NC State fans. Think about the context of this. He grew up in a family where his dad played quarterback for North Carolina. I'm pretty sure because at that point, the NC State rivalry would have been even more heated, especially in basketball, like things are going on there. They're just giving a hard time to NC State. Think about Luke May. He dominated NC State on the basketball court, had huge games, just similar to Marcus Page, right? That's what Luke May was doing. So, you know, he's giving crap to NC State folks. And so it's just natural then for Drake May to come out and say something that's probably been said a thousand times at his family dinner table or any time he's in the locker room or or a gas with his NC State friends or fam family or anything other than that. And let's be honest, in a rivalry, yeah, this is what he's saying to NC State. And NC State has their own things that they're going to say back to. Oh, yeah, well, what about your fake classes and all this, right? Like, that's a thing, right? There's always this give and take in a rivalry, and we have to be allowed to still have it. And like, I'm not saying we can't like we need when something bad and egregious is said, like if someone's out, if Drake may had made a racist comment, he absolutely needs to apologize for that. And he needs to like, you know, be more thoughtful with his words because he's the starting quarterback of an ACC school. It's a social media culture where people are going to retweet and post and like everything you've said and spread it far and wide. That's just what happens in our culture. So you got to be careful. But it's just talking about a rival, and that's what happens sometimes. Here's the real kicker for me, though. An NC State player, linebacker Peyton Wilson, came out and said that Drake May shouldn't have had to apologize. He said, Peyton Wilson, like, this is what we do in a rivalry. We give each other stuff back and forth. We're talking smack to one another. Drake May shouldn't have to apologize for that. Let him say what he's going to say. In fact, I... I don't even care about that right now. I'm focused, I, Peyton Wilson, on UConn because that's who we're playing this weekend. Drake May is probably focused on Notre Dame this weekend because that's who they're playing. And that's absolutely right. If you go and look at the fuller context of what was being talked about in this press conference with Drake May, they were talking about his relationship with Sam Howell, about him seeing Sam Howell on the sideline at the App State game, everything going on with that. 
and just it kind of came up out of that like hey did you respect sam howe growing up what is your relationship oh that's crazy you're both in state kids when he flipped did it have any impact on you flipping and then that's when he talked about what he said so there there you have it peyton wilson an nc state linebacker the butt of drake may's joke doesn't think he should be apologizing oh and keep in mind Peyton Wilson was a North Carolina commit that flipped to NC State. So he's in this same thing. He understands the rivalry and he talked about that. He said, this is what we do. It's an in-state rivalry. Come on, let the kids play the game. Let's have some fun. Can we please? Okay, <sighs> there we go. Little bit of a soapbox there. Now it's time for us to talk about some injury updates in just a second. Carolina has been getting some good news on the injury front and we're gonna talk all about it right after I tell you about Nugenics. You feeling like you just can't get in shape? It's not your fault. As men age, our bodies naturally lose some free testosterone. It happens to every man and can make it more difficult to stay in shape and be energetic and active. So you want more energy to counter the negative physical effects of aging? Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster with Testofen will help you turn back the clock, re-energize your workouts, get you better results at the gym, and help you look and feel like the man you want to be. Nugenics Total Tea contains man-boosting key ingredients like testophen. It has been validated in five clinical studies shown to boost free testosterone levels in men. Now, while every product professes quality, many others use generic ingredients that are often far less than clinical grade. With Nugenics Total Tea, you get the same clinical potency levels used in these trials. And Nugenics' formulation is backed by 10 years of science and research. Nugenics Total Tea can help re-energize your life and help you get back the powerful, confident, good-looking man you used to be. So now you can get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea when you text COLLEGE to 231-231. Text now and get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you get back in shape fast, absolutely free. So text COLLEGE to 231-231. Once again, that's college to 231-231. Message and data rates may apply. Terms apply. Available at nugenics.com slash terms. All right. North Carolina, as you well know, has had several injury issues as all footing unique to the Tar Heels. But for the Tar Heels, it's been to a lot of key position players. You've got a couple wide receivers that have been down. Obviously, British Brooks, who was projected to be the starting running back, is out for the season. There's not going to be any updates there. That is what it is. But you've got a starting lineman on both sides who have been banged up. You've got some secondary who's been banged up. What's going on there? Well, we have what seems some great injury news on that front. Let me update you on it. And then we'll keep updating throughout the week as we hear more definite news about these players. First off, the big daddy, Josh Downs. Everybody wants to know what's up with Josh Downs. He played the Florida A&M game, but then has missed each of the last two, App State and Georgia State. And that is what it is. Thankfully, Kobe Pesor has stepped in and done a magnificent job, been Carolina's leading receiver in each of those two games. Well, the news we're hearing about Downs is that he has been practicing and is on path to play Saturday against Notre Dame. A little more about that soon. Antoine Green, another starting receiver who hasn't played at all this season, has been out since August. 
um, has, with, with that collarbone injury, has been working his way back. Sounds like he's kind of in the same boat, been practicing and is on path to hopefully be able to play. Now, moving from receivers to the backfield, we know that 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 loaded wide, uh, excuse me, loaded running back room, which British Brooks is already out of, has also lost Caleb Hood, who didn't play last week against Georgia State. Sounds like similar to Downs and Green, he's been progressing back and is on track to play as well. So that's the good news about all three of those offensive skill position guys. They've been practicing right now. The coaching staff and the training staff is monitoring their progress. How are they taking hits? Are they finishing these practices and really sore or can't uh, perform as well? Where's their endurance at? All of those kind of questions. But basically where we're at as of this recording is if these guys are good and ready to go for Saturday, they will. If they're not, they won't. Part of that equation is while it's a big game against Notre Dame, Notre Dame is not an ACC school, at least in football, right? And so this is not a conference game. You've got all these conference games in front of you. No point in trying to trot Josh Downs out there only to get hurt again if he's not really, truly ready to go. When really what you've got to do is take care of these divisional conference, all, all your conference games with the hope of winning the division, which right now seems wide open. So a big part of this question is going to come down to how much these three guys can actually play if they do. Kobe Pesor is going to have to stay ready. J.J. Jones is going to have to stay ready. The freshman running backs and D.J. Jones are going to have to stay ready to play as well because who knows what Caleb Hood's going to be able to do or not do. So ultimately, this decision is going to come closer to game time. So we'll keep you updated on Friday's show and then through social media as we find out more. Now, that's some of those offensive skill positions updates. We've also got some news on both the offensive and defensive line. Spencer Rolland didn't play against Georgia State. The transfer lineman in from Harvard, he had been starting and missed the Georgia State game. Jonathan Adorno started in his place, but you just see how that shuffling on the line really affects things and definitely will against Notre Dame. And so it sounds like as of now, Spencer Rolland practiced last week in the off week, has been doing so this week, and barring a setback, should be ready to hop right back in on Saturday against Notre Dame. We'll have to watch and monitor that throughout this week, just like these other guys. On the other side of the ball, the defensive line that has taken a lot of shots um, from people for not living up to the standard of what folks thought they would be so far this year. Miles Murphy had sustained an injury. Same thing as Spencer Rolland. He practiced last week and sounds like he's on track this week as well to be ready for Notre Dame. Again, barring a setback or anything like that, Miles Murphy should be ready to go in in your starting lineup against Notre Dame on Saturday. You love to hear that for both of those lines and what it means for them. Now, somebody who sustained a major injury last season that we're still waiting to get back in the secondary is Jaquarius Conley, who we've been hearing some good reports about, and hopefully he's uh, really, really close to getting back, although not fully there yet. Uh, we'll have to just keep waiting and listening for more uh, information about him and his progress. Now, another one, this is not an injury, but somebody who sounded like he was done and out because of some criminal mistakes he had made is Don Chapman. Don Chapman had been arrested and uh, it was like he's done and over. Like it, it was one of those quick, sudden things like, oh, you don't come back from that. But uh, it sounds like from from what we were hearing from Coach Brown, 
after the, the coaching staff, the athletic department, law enforcement, everyone who has their hands on this after they've conducted their investigations, that Don Chapman, they feel very comfortable keeping him on the team for now and, and being able to continue to play. So after gathering all that info and intel, Coach Brown says he believes that Don Chapman should stay on this team and said he would be ready and available for Saturday. So that that is good news. And it's just one of those situations where it's really hard to parse through all the information and find out who's guilty, who's not guilty, not jumping to assumptions or conclusions, either direction with that. But that after the, the investigations that Don Chapman uh, has been cleared and stated that he is good to go. You know, your Mac Brown's not going to put somebody on the field if he doesn't feel uh, very confident in what has been uncovered and discovered. So Drake May was asked about getting Josh Downs and Antoine Greenback and what that would mean, and he said, "Man, it just adds to the weaponry, right? This is great news because you get two of your like out of there's three wide receivers. If you get two of your starters back, that's great news, and you love to see that happening and coming to fruition." And so explosive offense gets back two key pieces that they've only had for, you know, uh, Josh Downs for one of the three games and Antoine Green for none of the three games. Kobe Pesor, J.J. Jones have had these opportunities to really work in, show what they can do. And um, so that's been a net win for the team, because anytime you're down starters, that stinks. But if you can grow depth throughout that, that's a net gain. And you love what that means both in the short and long term for this program. Huge to see what those guys have been able to do and step up. The question for the coaching staff then is, how do you work back in these starters and, and other players who fill out roles? Like I would expect to still see Omari and Hampton starting at running back as he's done the last two games. But Caleb Hood is going to play a major role and factor in the backfield if he's healthy. So how do you work all these guys back in while also clearing space for the guys who have made the most of this opportunity. Again, Kobe Pesor led the team in receiving both of these last two games. He's going to be on the field. He's going to see snaps. He's going to get reps. Coach Longo, Coach Brown, they just have to be creative with how they continue to utilize him well, even with Josh Downs getting back in. Now, keeping in mind, these guys are coming back from injury, and so at a moment's notice, their endurance may be gone. They may retweak something, whatever it is, which would call... Uh, call them right immediately back into action. But man, the depth developed through this is a big win. Now, as we said, it is Notre Dame time. This is when the season really starts to take off. We're going to unpack what that's going to look like, what Carolina needs to do and accomplish against Notre Dame here in just a second after I tell you about Bet Online, which is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs in sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this week's games. Bet Online is also your continued source for all your sports wagering info, including live betting, esports, and scores. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about Bet Online where the game starts. Okay, so with all due respect to Florida A&M, with all due respect to who gave the Tar Heels a great game, and especially with all due respect to App State, 
who showed that clearly what happened against North Carolina in Boone was no freak accident after then going to College Station and knocking off Texas A&M and then that last second Hail Mary victory against Troy last week. Crazy season thus far for App State. Um, No disrespect to any of those teams. But this is the time where Carolina has to kick it into high gear. You had those three games. You took care of what you had to take care of. You're 3-0. and You had your off week to, to look at game film, tweak things, figure out, hey, what's going right? Let's do more of that. And then what's not going right? And then let's fix that. And that's at all three levels Coach Brown has talked about. Offense, yeah, they're doing well. They got to keep going. Defense, you know, <laughs> we are where we are right now. Got to take some strides forward. And then special teams as well. Got to keep growing and learning and moving forward there. This is the time where the season really takes off and really ramps up. Now, again, as I said in the last segment, I know Notre Dame is not an ACC team, but there are going to be a lot of national eyeballs on this game for a multitude of reasons. Number one, Notre Dame is this national entity, this national brand, the NBC darling, the, hey, we started off 0-2, they won last week, and now Marcus Freeman has his first career victory. Keep in mind, they, he coached the bowl game because Brian Kelly was already gone to LSU, lost that game. So he started off his career 0-3 before finally getting his first win for the Irish. So after winning last week, a lot of people are going to be watching Notre Dame to say, hey, this was a preseason top 10 team. What happened? And was that just a blip? Are they back? Are they okay? What's going on? Let's check in and see what happens against this potent North Carolina offense, which is the next reason there's going to be a bunch of eyeballs on this game. People have seen what Drake May and the offense have been doing, and it's starting to get some buzz, starting to get some noise now, not just in North Carolina and the ACC, but nationally and from people who know all these things when they're watching quarterbacks. But they're saying, okay, that's great. Drake May's done that against, again, all due respect, but Florida A&M, App State, and Georgia State. How's he going to do against Notre Dame? When you finally face a power five opponent for the first time, how does that play out for this offense? People want to know, people want to see, because if Drake may puts up another performance like he has, and this offense puts up another performance like it has, it's time to start taking it really seriously. People are already taking it seriously, but we're talking like upper echelon elite offense in the country seriously. And that's something that people are tuning in to watch in a big way. The other thing people are going to want to tune in to see is, What's North Carolina's defense going to do? Did they have an opportunity in this off week to figure anything out, knowing what Notre Dame's offensive line is capable of, knowing all of these things? Now, Carolina, you really want to make some noise? I know Notre Dame didn't have a great start to the season, but the perception is still there that they are a a good, strong team with a lot. And so you want to make noise? Knock off the Irish at home. You're 4-0, undefeated, with a Power 5 win, heading into what is officially conference play. And like I said, the division at this point seems wide open. Why not take advantage of everything that's in front of you at that point, reel off a bunch of wins, and roll right into the ACC championship game? Carolina has the opportunity to do just that. But this is the time this week against Notre Dame. Don't look ahead to that ACC schedule that's coming. Look at Notre Dame. Take what what progress you made in practice in the this off week, this past two weeks of practice. See what we got. 
what did Gene Chizik find on film? What adjustments did he and the coaching staff make to make this defense better than it has been? Are we going to see some changes personnel-wise? Will we see different starters? We're going to watch that. Will we see any schematic differences, even just subtly or nuanced differences? We're going to be watching that. But now, right now is the time to get this defense rolling and to show something. If you're going to do it, you got to do it right now. And it's not for one play here or there. Consistency across a whole game. Now, I know in today's day and age, you're not going to like get off the field three and out every possession. That's just not realistic. But can you find some consistency of doing that? Can you force some turnovers? Do other things like that? The time to find that out is right now against Notre Dame this weekend. And we're going to hear more about how Carolina is going to do that on tomorrow's show when we welcome Anthony Pagnotta in for a preview of that game. Going to be so good. So on Twitter, you can do that at Locked On Heels. You can follow me on Twitter at Isaac Shade. I'd love to invite you to join us in our drive for five. We're about a month and a half away from the first basketball game of the season, and we're making a big push to get to 5,000 YouTube subscribers by tip off of that game. We've crossed the 4,000 threshold and we are on the way. Would you be the next person to join us in that endeavor? Just takes a second to subscribe. Even those of you who are audio only listeners usually. Man, there's some great stuff that we put out on YouTube that you just wouldn't get to uh, enjoy if you're only listening. So we'd love to encourage you to join. And would you share it with other Tar Heels in your life who you know would want to be part of this community? For those of you watching, go ahead and smash the like button. would love to hear your thoughts on this Drake May situation. Should it be apologized or not? What do you think that should have been like? Get more on the AC by making Locked On ACC your second. Host Candace Cooper and the local experts of Locked On take you around the conference in 30 minutes, five days a week. It's been great to be together this Thursday. Man, talking about all this Carolina stuff, getting ready for this big game against Notre Dame this weekend. A great opportunity for the Tar Heels. But for today, I want to remind you that it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. Until tomorrow, peace! <laughs>